0: So the Nick Bob podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. You know, a new set of windows, a new door, do a lot of things for you guys. You can totally change the look, change the feeling, change the vibe, set the vibe. Plus, it can add value to your home and it can make your home more energy efficient. Pella checks all those boxes and then some. Plus, working with the people at Pella, second to none. So now is the time to turn your window and door modeling dreams into a reality with Pella. Check them out online, Pella Omaha. Dot com that is PellaOmaha.com. all right it is Monday August 17th and the college football sports world eesh, I mean has hit Defcon 5 and uh you know we are still feeling the effects of the atomic bomb that was last week in the college football world and it it doesn't even feel like the dust has settled on this story yet and uh, I'm gonna let you into this you know podcast world this is really hard right now I mean d- figuring out what to do with the pod, because this story changes and alters and evolves at such a fast pace that doing a podcast is really hard because the second you record a pod, the story could change. And all of a sudden your podcast content that you just created is like ancient history and super dated. So, you know, I usually try to record a pod on Sunday, but with a few of the, the big news nuggets, uh, and alterations of, over the weekend with college football, I kind of was like, all right, I need to wait and see if anything comes of of this or that. And I'm going to attempt to record this pod and put it out there knowing that there's a chance by the time it's posted that it could be totally unusable, right? I mean, I mean, think about it. Just pretty much 11 or 12 days ago, 11 days ago, I guess, August 6th, Bo Rude and I knocked out a podcast recapping Nebraska football's schedule that was released. That was just 11 days ago. 11 days ago, I was sitting right here, staring at Bo Rude, and we were breaking out. All right, first game's at Rutgers. How about that four-game stretch? Got Wisconsin at home. All this t- and now that pod is basically a waste of time. I mean, you can certainly go back and listen to it, and I think you should because we had fun, and it's nice to think of what could have been. But you get my point. This story moves at such a rapid pace and trying to produce podcast content to keep up with it hard. I mean, my other podcast I do, Chicken and Nick, which everyone should go subscribe to, Chick and I, Matt Chick and I have had to call audibles and release our pods a day or two early because of fear that the story could evolve and make our pod way too outdated, right? You get my point. You get my point. Okay. On the pod today, it's just me and you, you know, I thought about, you know, various guests and all that stuff and and game planning, but I want to have a therapy session with you guys. I'm I'm going to be selfish for a second because I'm sure you're like me. This is a super emotional time. I've said all along that the, you know, the way I've kind of compartmentalized and, 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 focused myself mentally throughout this entire pandemic is like, all right, you know, do your job, social distance, wear a mask, sacrifice, all these things. And the light at the end of the tunnel is football in the fall, right? Like that, that's at least how I've kind of been thinking. And all of a sudden, ah, that light's gone. You know, like all of a sudden with one decision, poof, it's like, we are sludging along, like, like, old boy in Shawshank through the sewer and we see the light at the end of the tunnel and then just gone. Now we're stuck in a sewer, <laughs> but there's a lot I want to get off my chest and say out loud. and I, And I'm hoping that by the end of this pod, I feel a little bit better about just, you know, saying stuff, right. Get feel better about life because man, life with no Nebraska football or big 10 football, it just seems incomprehensible and beyond depressing. So, okay, here we go. I kind of got, I got like three big topics I want to hit on, but within those topics, there are like five or six other little topics. So I, I could say three topics and you know, that's, then we're out of here, but it's really like 20 or 30 topics I'm about to tackle. So here we go. (laughs) Here we go. All right. Uh, you know, first thing I want to hit on. So over the past, uh, over the past handful of days, the big 10 conference has themselves quite a crap storm on their hands. With the conference's best player, Heisman Trophy nominee, the quarterback of the number one ranked team in the country, Ohio State, Justin Fields, he started a petition to the Big Ten Conference to reinstate football this fall. I'm just going to read a little bit from the the petition that was posted. It says, uh, in the petition, says, we, the football players of the Big Ten, together with the fans and supporters of college football, request that the Big Ten Conference immediately Reinstate the 2020 football season, allow Big Ten players slash teams to make their own choice as to whether they wish to play or opt out this fall season. Allow Big Ten players and teams who choose to opt out of playing a fall season to do so without penalty or repercussion. Uh, It goes on to say, uh, we want to play. We believe uh, that safety protocols have been established and can be maintained to mitigate concerns of exposure to COVID-19. We believe that we should have the right to make decisions about what is best for our health and our future. Don't let our hard work and sacrifice be in vain. Hashtag let us play. Now, as of about 11 a.m. here on Monday, August 17th, that petition has over 230,000 signatures. 230,000. So you have that. And then over the weekend you have parents from numerous other Big Ten schools, Iowa, Nebraska, Ohio State, Penn State. They've all penned letters, written letters to Kevin Warren, commissioner of the Big Ten. And all these letters were signed off by 80 or so parents at each school of the players. And they are searching, you read the letter, especially the Nebraska letter was very well written, searching for answers to this decision from from the Big Ten. And also, in the letter, stated their desire for their kids to play this fall with the hashtag of, hashtag, let them play. Let them play. So between those two things alone, you got yourself some major issues if you're Kevin Warren in the Big Ten Conference. When all these parents are writing letters, and the best player in your conference start a petition to reinstate football that gets over 230,000 signatures, you mean you got to address it. This isn't something that can just go, eh, let's just, you know. I get when you're a big, uh, you know, a big behemoth like uh, any company, like you can't respond to everything, but you probably need to respond to this. And here's the thing. This is what happens when you lack transparency. In my opinion, The Big Ten Conference, you know, the university presidents and Kevin Warren, they have nobody to blame but themselves for this situation that they're currently in. Listen, the Big Ten might have made the right decision with canceling football as fall. They might be right with their decision. They very well could 100% be proven right to cancel the fall football season. But the process of how they arrived at that decision left a lot to be desired. I mean, the and I guess the word I was trying to think of, was, and I arrived at arrogance. The arrogance, and, and kind of the lack of respect even. The arrogance to make a decision of this magnitude that affects so many people and not be transparent about what went into it is staggering. What data, what science, what medical guidance, what specifically went into this decision? And then within all that, the big question is, what changed? And I know we've been over this, but we got to go over it again. Because on August 5th, on August 5th, Kevin Warren said this about his son, who was a football player at at Mississippi State. This is on August 5th. This is a quote from Kevin Warren. He said, quote, I have a son who's a football student athlete in the SEC at Mississippi State. And so I've asked myself as a father, would I be comfortable for him to participate in the Big Ten based upon testing policies, protocols, and procedures we have in place? And as of today, the answer is yes. Again, that's Kevin Warren on August 5th. But then on August 11th, when the Big Ten canceled fall football, Kevin Warren said, quote, We just believe collectively there's too much uncertainty at this point in time in our country to encourage our student-athletes to participate in fall sports. Okay, well, simple question, what changed? What changed from August 5th and and, and August 6th of unveiling the schedule and and the sentiment that Kevin Warren expressed that he would feel safe for his own son to be within the testing protocols to mitigate the spread of, of the coronavirus to on August 11th, it's canceled. That is what the parents are upset with. And quite frankly, that's what a lot of other people are scratching their head at is. Again, I don't think anyone is necessarily stunned that the football season got canceled. But the process of how we arrived at the decision is moderately stunning. You read the parents' letters, they just want answers. And... There's nothing wrong with wanting answers, and if you read the, the the players and their petition and their stances, they just want the right to be able to make a decision on what they want to do. And with the players, they, they've expressed a sentiment that I've that that I believe to be true. I've thought from the beginning with all this, and I've said this on numerous pods. I've thought from the beginning with all this that college football players are safer inside the structure of playing college football than outside of it. I believe that to be true. With all the testing and constant surveillance and medical guidance and access, plus the motivation to make good social decisions, I believe the players are safer inside of that process than outside of it. And starting center Josh Myers for Ohio State feels the same way. There's a story on ESPN published on Sunday night, and Josh Myers for Ohio State said this quote I felt like if we had a season I would be safer than if we didn't have a season which might sound crazy to some people but I do everybody that I come into contact with if we have a season is getting tested twice a week they're in the cleanest areas and as a player on a team you don't want to be the guy that gets it meaning COVID because you were being a fool and you were somewhere you shouldn't That quote makes sense to me. And I think that is a more widely shared sentiment amongst players than most realize. And the thing I keep struggling with is just the inconsistency with this pandemic and what is open and what is back and what is shut down. We all know, listen, no, nothing is 100% safe or or 100% risk-free? Nothing. But in the long list of things that are, quote, back or open during this pandemic, Power 5 college football, with all the testing and all the strict protocols and all the access to top-notch medical guidance and treatment, seems safer than a long list of other things that are open, yet college football is a thing that gets scrutinized and shut down. And I, I can't quite wrap my head around that. I mean, I really get some of the most protective measures in our society are in place for power five college football. I mean, when you think about dorms and frat houses and all the other things on campus that lack that type of protocols and structure that college football has, it's head scratching how one gets shut down and scrutinized and not the other. I mean, I read over the weekend, for the love of God, Michigan State, is set to have intramural sports. What? Like, huh? Even, even, I, you know, I turn on Hard Knocks is, is back on HBO. You know, they're covering the Rams and the Chargers. I'm watching Hard Knocks and HBO, and pretty much the entire thing is just all testing, social distancing, masks, all this stuff. Like, I'm watching Hard Knocks and HBO, I mean, you go watch it and tell me that isn't way safer than the vast majority of other things in our society that are open. And I watched that, and I'd imagine that college football would institute similar protocols. Oh, and by the way, speaking of some other big news, there's some enormous news on the testing front that hit over the the weekend. The FDA approved a new saliva test called Saliva Direct that could be a game changer on the testing front. It's a much more—you get rapid testing, you're getting results back way faster, and it's dramatically cheaper. So this is also enormous for sports, and would be implemented. So there's just there there's just puzzling inconsistencies going on with a lot of things right now. Even even within that, figuring out inconsistencies. Even within that, what do you do with the players right now if the fall you know with the fall season canceled? That's something I've been thinking a lot about. Now it was it, Wisconsin came out last week and said they're going to keep on practicing. What? I mean, wh- and in response to that, Wisconsin senior tackle Cole Cole Van Lannen said this quote. The chancellor tells us that now we can go to class and still play football 20 hours a week. As a player, that makes absolutely zero sense. But we can't go play a football game? Head scratching. Again, either football's too dangerous or it's not. It's just the inconsistencies with with some of the things just make no sense. So, you know, when you think about when you when you Put all that together. What could come of all this? I doubt anything really comes of this. I doubt anything gets altered or reversed or anything like that in terms of of the fall football season. But to circle back to what we said at the top, to what I said at the top, what's interesting is the Big Ten must have had or must have used new evidence or, or something new to change their minds with canceling the football season, right? We talked about what happened between August 5th and 6th and August 11th. They must have, have used new evidence, something new to change their minds. So the question is, does this new saliva test and the enormous push from players with the peti- petition and parents voicing their opinions and desires for their kids to play, does all that constitute enough as new to sway something with their decisions. Again, I doubt it. I doubt it. But if you're gonna take the stance of arriving at a new decision based upon new information, which it seemed like Kevin Warren of the Big Ten presidents took that stance, then does this new saliva test, player petition, and parent, you know, parental movement rise to the level of new information or new circumstances? We'll see. At the very least, I think we're going to see Kevin Warren have to address a handful of these things. At the very least. Okay, that was the first thing that was on my chest. Second thing. The next thing I want to tackle is something that I've been, I've been kind of wrestling around with in my mind. And that is spring football and the fallout with with going down that path. Again, I know I sound redundant with a handful of different things because I said this on the pod last week, but it bears repeating. Because I just think sometimes you got to talk these things all the way through. I said this on the pod last week, and I'll say it again. There is no guarantee it's any safer in the spring than it is right now. There's no guarantee of that. And then to take it a step further, if no vaccine comes... We could get to the fall of 2021 and be in the exact same spot. And then what? Are we just done with college football? Which, in essence, kind of kills collegiate athletics. I mean, if there's no college football, what do you think? Funds everything, pays for everything. Because here's the problem of playing out worst-case scenarios, which is what a lot of people want to do right now. That goes both ways. Because if you want to play out worst case scenarios, you got to think about what happens if no vaccine hits and we get to the fall of 2021 and we're in the same spot or we get to the, sp- the spring time here in a couple months in the same spot. I just think that's something to keep in mind. And the other thing I've been thinking about all weekend, and I was thinking about it, and I think it was Dirk wrote about it in a column, and it's, I read it and I was like, thank you. I've been thinking about that. I'm thinking about how challenging this could be for the ACC, SEC, and Big 12 and the Big 10 and Pac-12 to get back on the same calendar schedule for football. I mean, think. Let, let's say the ACC, SEC, and, and Big 12 play and finish their fall season. And then let's say the, the Big 10 and Pac-12 play and finish their spring season. Well, let me ask you a question: How do they ever get back on the same page schedule-wise? I mean, ACC, SEC, Big Twelve—they're going to want to keep things the same in terms of you know starting practice in August and games on Labor Day and early September. That's what they're going to want to do, right? Because they're on—they the, would be on the same path. Hey guys, quick break to talk to you guys about pella windows and doors, and uh, I, I want to. Make sure that you guys understand that Pella Windows of Omaha and Lincoln, they are following CDC guidelines uh, during this coronavirus situation. They can safely serve any of your window and door needs in the showroom or in your home. All the employees at Pella and the customers are completing a COVID-19 questionnaire as provided by the CDC prior to entering the showroom, entering the office, and uh, any uh, potential customers home and all the employees are required to self-quarantine for a recommended 14 days. If uh, that individual comes into contact with someone who's tested positive, if they traveled anywhere outside of the Omaha Lincoln area, bottom line, they are taking all the necessary precautions to make sure that they are safe and you are safe so you can safely move forward with your window and door needs. And uh, on top of all that, as a result of all this stuff with the uh, coronavirus, uh, Pella is offering temporary special financing options. They are now available. So, man, now is the time to take advantage of these special rates and, and uh, put that value back into your home, and you have that peace of mind knowing that all the necessary safety uh, protocol and precautions have been uh, put into place by Pella so you know the whole time you can feel safe. Give Pella a call, 402-493-1350, or check them out online at PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. But what are the Big Ten and Pac-12 going to do? Okay, you play the spring season, You got to give the players enough time to recover, which could mean that they don't start until later in the fall, like maybe October or so. So then, how how do they get back on the same page and 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 the same schedule calendar wise? I mean, I have no idea. That's a headache. So what's tough is this. I'm not rooting for the SEC, ACC, and and Big 12 to cancel their season. But I just don't think we realize the structural disaster that would ensue if the Big 12, SEC, and ACC play and finish their season in the fall and the Big 10 and Pac-12 don't. And the schedule is a hurdle. Not to mention what could possibly be the biggest hurdle is what the hell are you going to do with eligibility and scholarships with the Big Ten and Pac-12? Like, what are you doing with that? Are you going to carry 105 scholarships? What are incoming freshmen going to do? If you're incoming freshmen and you can go into some place that has a, you know, all those seniors are are staying for an extra year. I mean, I I can't even begin to try to unpack that. And the fallout from that could be really bad. I mean, the recruiting obstacles for Nebraska and the Big Ten and the Pac-12 could be really challenging. And I, I just don't see how all that, Gets cleaned up. So from. From. uh From scholarship and eligibility. Questions to. Getting back on the same schedule even. I mean that's a. That's a headache. Because I was even. You know I was trying to. You know, with the whole scheduling thing. Anybody that's had. So when I was. Uh, when I was dating my now wife. Kim is a nurse and she was initially she worked nights and that was that's a, that, that kind of took such a toll in our relationship because you're not on the same schedule you know like so you know when when she gets home i'm just waking up and you know i want to ease into my day and she's you know she's kind of up and then vice versa like when she wakes up i want to maybe go to dinner on a date but she can't like I know it's a terrible analogy, doesn't really make any sense, but you see what I'm saying? Like when when two people or two entities, or multiple entities in this case, talking about all the Power Five football, if they can't get on the same schedule, how does it all work? How does it all work? So we'll see how all that gets, gets dealt with. Okay, and topic number three, last thing and then we'll wrap it up trying to make sense of kind of the emotional week that was. Last week was bizarre with the narratives that rose up and all the stories and all the talking heads. You had the flat out just absurd notion that somehow Nebraska was threatening to leave the Big Ten. That was the first one. I mean, show me where Scott Frost or anyone associated with Nebraska said that. Yet somehow it it got somewhat painted that way. which I don't quite understand. And then you have the anger and venom spewed towards Nebraska because, because of that, most notably be- from Desmond Howard and Michael Wilbon of ESPN, both expressing the notion of, you know, if Nebraska's going to act like that, then kick them out. And, you know, watching all that Unfold whether it's the national media, how they were kind of projecting things onto what that situation was, or, or Desmond Howard, who's a Michigan grad, or Michael Wilbon, who's a Northwestern grad, kind of projecting how all that stuff is landing. I think there is something psychologically interesting with that. How come at really the first sign of any turbulence, and turbulence is probably, probably putting it a little strong, how come the first sign of, of any trouble or turbulence Nebraska and the Big Ten, that relationship got got rocky, apparently. How strong is that foundation, I guess? And rocky both ways, to be fair. Sure, ex- existing members of the Big Ten family, like Michael Wilbon and Desmond Howard, wanted them out. And, you know, national meeting members, how they view the Big Ten, they certainly painted Nebraska a certain way. But then even within the Big Red fan base, Nebraska fans, a lot of them wanted to take their ball and go back to the Big 12. A lot of a lot of them were sending you up text messages to the Big 12. <laughs> I mean, hey, girl, you up? It's Nebraska. It's interesting. First sign of turbulence. Husker fans long for the Big 12 and the Big 10 – freaked out on Nebraska. And I, I was, I just, I think it's so interesting psychologically because I've heard some, and it's, it's probably a fair way to put it. I've ser- I've heard some compare a conference to a family, like a, you know, the, a, a an athletic conference, a college football or college basketball. That's like a, it's like being in a family, which is, you know, a, a, probably a decent comparison. well, what are the dynamics really like when you join the family 100 years after everyone else? It, think about it like this, and I know you guys will, will feel me on this. You know how, like, you can rip on your family, but when someone else does, you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What's, what, what's, what's wrong with you? Right? Like, I can sit with my brother and make fun of my grandpa or grandma or my parents or this person or that, like, or this cousin or that. a. So- but if someone else come in and be like and and they would start ripping on my grandpa, I'd be like, whoa, whoa, what's you need to chill. What? What'd you just say? Hold on. What'd you say about my dad? What'd you say about my cousin? You better shut up. You know what I mean? Like, we all we all have that, right? Like we can, we, we can do things with our family and say things in few, but second someone else does. What do you, you know, that gets checked. Like, well, you better check your check own. What'd you just say? That is a real thing, and I think it's really telling with how you view someone. And I think we all got a window into how a lot of people really view Nebraska in the Big Ten, both inside of it and outside of it. I think we all got because, I mean, it's one thing, I mean, it's been pointed out Ad nauseum on Twitter, Ryan Day in Ohio State and and Jim Harbaugh in Michigan and all this stuff. They all said a lot of the same things Scott Frost in Nebraska said about you know the the desires to continue to find a way to path to play this fall. All this stuff, basically nothing different than what Scott Frost and Nebraska said. But Desmond Howard and Michael Wilbon and, and all these people they, they, and and all the national they didn't they didn't say anything to them to Michigan and Ohio State and all this stuff. There wasn't an anger and venom met with them, but it was for Nebraska. Right? How come Desmond Howard gets upset at Nebraska expressing a desire to try and field s- and play football in some way in the fall? They get upset at Nebraska for that, but not Ohio State, not not Michigan, not Penn State. I think that goes back to what I just said. It's that it's the family aspect of it. Desmond Howard looks at Ohio State they can, they're in the family. Okay. You can, you know, you, you can, you can do what you, you, you're in the family. You say what you want. That's like me and my brother. We're, we're maybe talking about our family, but all of a sudden the second someone else starts talking, it's like, that, that isn't in the fam. It's like, what, what, what'd you just say? What the hell would you to say? But shut up. Well, hold on. You just said the exact same thing. Well, no, you're not in the fam. You're not in the family. So again, I think we got a window into how a lot of people really view Nebraska in the Big Ten inside and out of it. And to to kind of build off that, talking about, you know, conference realignment, all that stuff. This goes back to something I've I've felt for a long time and for a while. With all all the, the, the conference realignment we've seen over the past 10 years, show me the school that made a lateral move in conferences, meaning power five to power five, not up a conference show me the school that made a lateral move in conferences power five to power five that their program is unequivocally a better spot because don't I mean don't get TCU moved up Utah moved up Creighton even Creighton went from the Valley to the Big East yes all those schools are in better spots but they moved up I'm talking lateral in air quotes power five to power five Colorado yeah Missouri yeah West Virginia, Maryland record, eh? Really the only one that I can maybe buy is Texas AM. Maybe. But yeah, I mean, you know, when they they made the move, they got they got Johnny Manziel and things kind of popped, but eh, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's just a slam dunk, no doubt about it, better spot. Like you talk to anybody associated with Creighton basketball. Did the move is the move good? It is not ninety nine percent. It's was hundred percent. Yes, it's a, been a great move. You talk to people on Texas A I bet it's more. It's it's more split. At least it's not consensus like that. So then the question becomes: With Nebraska and their move, is Nebraska in a better spot? I mean, I think that all depends on how you want to look at it. If you're looking at it through the, pr- the prism of, and lens of of money and, and stability and all that stuff, yeah, I think it's Nebraska is in a better spot. I mean, they're the the TV revenue that they j- they get each year. I mean, they're cashing a check for fifty plus million dollars every year. That's real and that's great. But if you're viewing it through success on the football field and through the football program, is I mean, the results speak for themselves. It hasn't been very good. But you got to unpack that a little bit. It's not just that simple. The, the question becomes in how much is that, in terms of that being the lack of success on the football field, because they moved to the Big Ten, or how much of that is self-inflicted? Now, I tend to lean towards the latter, but I think the answer is probably they both play a role. But let's not just dismiss how Nebraska has been their own worst enemy over the last decade. Let's not just dismiss that. Three different head coaches, three different athletic directors, countless coordinators, countless position coaches. I mean, it has been a revolving door for Nebraska football. And when you lack continuity and you make some poor hiring decisions, whether it's, you know, AD, head coach, coordinator, stuff, it catches up to you. Sometimes in life, the worst thing you can do is simply look at the results and use that as gospel without ever taking a look in the mirror. Let me repeat that. Sometimes in life, the worst thing you can do is simply look at the results. Use that as gospel without ever taking a look in the mirror. Sure, you can blame Nebraska's lack of success over the past decade on the, on the move to the Big Ten. But man, I think you are omitting a ton of self-inflicted wounds and issues for Nebraska itself as a program. Not to mention, not to mention all the issues working against Nebraska in the landscape of college football as well. Recruiting-based issues, TV networks exploding, and every conference being on TV, et cetera, et cetera. Now, I'm not saying there aren't real discussions about Nebraska potentially being a better fit and better off in the Big 12. There's some valid arguments within that. But those arguments, having some merit to them, don't necessarily make the move to the Big 10 the main cause of the lack of success. I just think you would be looking past a lot of other real factors at play over the past decade if you just if you just put it all on the Big Ten move. And so just like anything in life, it's very rarely just one thing. It's usually a combination of things. Now, we've somehow gotten to this world where we just want to make it all about one thing. It's this. It's all that. Eh, it's also this, 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 and this. No, it's this. Okay. It's all the Big Ten's fault. I don't know. I mean, yeah. There's also some other things. So with Nebraska and the Big Ten and the last lack of success, you know, and, and then the idea of the Big 12 and staying there, going back, that's a very layered, nuanced discussion that I like I said, I don't think it'd be boiled down to one thing. I'm always one of those person. I'm a look in the mirror guy first. What look at yourself first. Look in the mirror first before you start looking around you and point the finger at all that other stuff. Look in the mirror. I still believe, maybe this is just confidence that I have in the Nebraska, the big red end in the Nebraska football program. I still believe that a Nebraska got their own house in order and 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 they get the coach right, which I think they do with Scott Frost. I think they're going to have success regardless if they're in the Big Ten or the Big 12. Just like when you make a colossal mistake in hiring the wrong coach, Mike Riley, it doesn't matter what conference you're in, you're gonna fail. I mean, you think Mike Riley was gonna, I mean Mike Riley's gonna have a bunch of success in the big Big 12? I don't I don't see that. So that's just how I see it. That's just how I see it. All right, we're at about 35 minutes there. I'm going to stop there. I don't want to get too much further because by the time I'm done recording, by the time I've spent 35 minutes talking, my guess is when I stop recording, I'm going to hop on Twitter and the college football story is going to change a ton. (laughs) So I'll I'll wrap it up there. Thanks for listening. Remember, subscribe, rate, and review the pod. And I will see you guys next time on the Nick Bob podcast. All right, my thanks to Pella Windows and Doors. If you're thinking about a new window or a new front door, now is the perfect time. Give Pella a call at 402-493-1350 or check them out online at PellaOmaha.com. We will see you next time on the Nick Bob podcast.